Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mists in the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes, as it will help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. Also, if anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them. So please reach out via Facebook or on email, as I would love to answer any questions you have. In today's episode, this is just going to be a short episode. Um, We've been talking quite a lot about the chakras and Western systems of energy work, such as the middle pillar. So I just wanted to... I had a few thoughts about similarities between the two systems in terms of um, symbols and things like that, which I just thought I would share with you guys. It's not particularly um, long this episode, and I just wanted to kind of run through some of the some of the concepts. As we saw in some of our previous episodes, you know, we were talking about the origins of things like Kundalini and you know the the concept of this energy or this inner force that that rises within us. And so when we discuss the concept of the chakras as we've seen and also you know in connection with our work with the middle pillar in previous episodes the symbol of the spiral comes up again and again this is this idea of this hidden energy that sits at the base of the spine which is sometimes called the dragon energy or the serpent power but also in you know, the Western tradition, we have exercises like the middle pillar where we circulate the light around ourselves from the base of Malkut up to Keta, and then it explodes into light. So this concept of being wrapped in a uh, um, almost like a bandage of light. This is an interesting subject because if we look at things like the ancient goddess cultures in Europe, we see the spiral everywhere as being the symbol that represents the goddess. And this is what is described by Rosalind Bruyer, in her book wheels of light as the following every ancient mythology at some point mentions that early in the evolutionary pattern of the world god whatever god goddess it is creates serpents winding serpents also appear on um, irish megalithic stones and standing stones and also you know different artifacts and carved bones etc weapons from you know northern European Mesolithic artifacts and also you know we get the 5th century ceramics of the East Central Europe also through kind of old Europe we get this kind of um, this this motif of a spiral um, or almost like a maze so you see that in Greece you see that in Minoa and you see that in Cycladic and Mycenaean art as well there's posing spirals and shapes and it later on goes into you know the one of the symbols you see in some of the um, some of the cathedrals in France, for instance, as well as the Chartres has this big kind of maze in the, in its centre. So, you know, what can we say about that? It's very much it's this kind of pro, a, a depiction potentially of this primal energy that people knew about well before you know things were actually written down. Um. Also, if we look at ancient Egypt and and the alchemical tradition as well, there's some similarities with the with these ideas of energy and the chakra system. If we look at, for instance, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is meant to have been originated in the pyramid text of the third millennium BCE, in that 
the you know the car represents the body while the sekem which is similar to the prana is kind of meant to run through all the subtle bodies and can be increased and harmonized through breath work heka who is the god of magic um whose name means activating the car is also depicted as holding two twin entwined snakes in some pictures um heka is meant to be according to the old pyramid text this sort of supernatural energy that the gods possess um, but then is later kind of elevated into this deity in their own right and they have a cult developed to him he's said to be created at the beginning of time by the creator artum and is later depicted as part of the kind of tableau of the divine solar barge as a protector of osiris one of the things he also does is wears the twin serpent crown, which is the hem hem crown. So if you look at the structure of the serpent crown, they normally have a central point and then the two serpents on either side. So you could almost say that that looks a lot like the three channels of the um, Kundalini. So you get the, you know, the Ida Pingala and the Shashumna channels. So, you know, these energy rushing through it and... Essentially making you a king, really. So it's this idea of kingship and being crowned, the crowned king, the crowned prince. Um, <clears throat> the, the Egyptians also used to wear um, heart scarabs made of green stone over their hearts. So this is something else which um, you know, some people have pointed out maybe kind of relevant from the point of view of the, the heart chakra as well. Moving on to more hermetic sources, if we look at... Um, the Hermetica, which is now our early alchemical text that originated around 200 CE from the ancient Egyptian texts. It states that humans are the meeting places of spirit and matter and that God is in everything. And I quote, Where could matter be placed if it existed apart from God, who is infinite? Would it not be but a confused mass unless it were ordered and if it is ordered, by whom is it ordered? The energies which operate in it are parts of God. Whether you speak of matter or bodies or substance, know that all these are the energy of God, of the God who is all. In the all there is nothing which is not God. Adore this teaching, my child, and hold it sacred. In the Hermetic tradition, um, spiritual awakening is symbolised normally by a, a caduceus, which is a, a staff entwined with two serpents. So again, we've got this crossover with the concept of the three channels, which is interesting as well. Um, the Indian, Greek, Islamic and you know European schools of alchemy also believe to have um, probably have their roots in ancient Egypt, although we don't have a lot of evidence to suggest that, but... Um, that's the kind of thinking anyway and the famous swiss alchemist paracelsus who was 1493 to 1541 used the term um iliaster um for this this idea of this sort of spiritual force in matter which kind of strives towards perfection and the building of forms which is what we could say is this process of this energy that's kind of flowing through us and transforming and he wrote the following when a child is born its heavens are born with it and the seven organs which for themselves have the power to be seven planets 
and thus everything that belongs to its heavens. And also Paracelsus said the following, Man is a microcosm or a little world because he is an extract from all the stars and planets of the whole firmament, from the earth and the elements, and so he is their quintessence. Um, lots of alchemists use a diagram of uh, a seven-pointed star to map a, a pathway for human development. So, um, you know, in the 17th century in Bavaria, we have Gichtel, who was the one of the students of um, Jakob Bomer, and he lays out this, this seven classical planets within the framework of the human body. Um, and it's quite a famous picture, which people have probably seen, but um, he associates each one with a kind of vice as well. And there's a, a spiral line that's kind of alternating and, and, and showing that. And this is well before, you know, some of these texts from India would have come through. So it's quite interesting to see that um, uh, these ideas are are already out there in the West as well. Also, if we look at the, con the, the concept of the word vitriol, which is an alchemical word, um, which means visitor interior, terrae rectificando envenis occultum lapidum, which means visit the interior of the earth and rectifying you will find the hidden stone. And that's a motto that originated in Lazostas philosophers from the 15th century alchemist Basilis Valentinus. Um, apologies for my Latin pronunciation. Um, but what we can say from that is this concept of, you know, visiting the earth and rectifying, you'll find the hidden stones. It's almost like, you know, you're going inwards into yourself to find these hidden powers, these these energies, and use that fire to transform. So as we talked about in our previous episodes of going in to find that inner fire and lighting that fire, that's kind of what I see that phrase as being it's this fire that you find inside yourself that will then consume you and you'll consume the fire and you become whole so it's kind of a process of this uh the purification of the soul through actions deeds and a continuous process of spiritual purification but also it is uh, an, a never-ending process as well i would say so it's a process of contraction and expansion, contraction and expansion. And we become the circle, but also the point within the centre of the circle. Um, and that's something that's worth thinking about. Anyway, that was just a few thoughts I put down. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks very much for joining us week on the Occult London podcast. If anyone has any questions for me, then please reach out via Facebook or an email, as I'd love to answer them. My email is occultlondonpodcast.gmail.com. Also, we really want to develop this further, so we'd really appreciate it if you can rate the show or leave a review on iTunes or other platforms, as this will mean more people can see it and hopefully we can get some more value from it and develop more episodes. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.occultlondon.co.uk. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Moon tonight.